Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IA Cast. All right, uh, my name is Michael Doeys, and today I'm here with several folks. We we have a good group for this episode. We have Michael Babcock. Hello, I see. Start with the Michaels. Yep, yep. <laughs> Leslie Dixon. Hi. Hello. I sense some bias going on here. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, Jim Barber. Good evening. And Taylor Arndt. Hello, everyone. I think I've got everybody. This is a bigger group than we're used to, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Been a while since uh, you've had a crowd. Yeah, uh, we haven't really done a, a good episode uh, live on YouTube in quite some time. So this is, you know, pretty nice. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is in, in as a podcast. So uh, it's really, really cool. It's great to be back. So we have, it's been a very busy few weeks as far as tech, I would say. Um, we are, still have to post an unboxing of the Envision glasses. Um, we have that recorded. We have a lot of things that we, we are, uh, you know, in the works. We just posted our special for the Apple event and, uh, we did this episode and Taylor has a few things in the works. So IACast is back folks. We're, we're making it happen. And, uh, so Apple had an event, um, this past week and we did a special on it. Were, was there anything that people thought was interesting? I really well. I was really happy to hear about the um, fact that they're they're going to make the AirPod case make a sound when you, yeah. when you look for it now. That was that's something I've been waiting for for a while, um, and that it's going to have a, a spot for a lanyard or a clip. Um, yeah. Usually, I I buy a silicone case to do that, but um, yeah, I'm I'm excited about that, and we'll probably get another set of AirPods Pro. Uh, partly for that reason, I and because cool I missed them. Ch- I think it's cool you could charge them with the watch charger. Yes, yeah. that was cool too. I I have a watch charger on my keychain that I I love carrying, so I thought that was great. Yeah, so my AirPods Pro setup right now is the case goes into one of those silicone cases, and on the front is a spot for an AirTag. Well, I I don't know if everyone's seen them, but AirTags are not small, so it definitely increases the bulk of the AirPods. So when I heard that, that got me super excited. I'm excited also for the Ultra, but I uh, the Apple Watch Ultra, but I'd rather someone else buy it before I go spend money on it to tell me what they (laughs) think of it. You don't want a tank on your wrist, do you? I, I don't have a problem with the size because it's my understanding that only the screen is bigger and the casing is similar size to the 45. So I'm not hugely worried about that. I, I don't want to spend $800 for a watch on my wrist right now. I It's cool, but it's for such a specific user that I just, I can't see me buying it um, for the, the cool features that I'm more well, likely never going to use. You know, the cool thing is, is that I found out through Twitter, that a lot of the features announced are actually watchOS 9 features. So like the backtrack yeah. and a lot of the orientation mobility features I think are going to be amazing for people that are blind are going to be on all the watches anyway. I was wondering about that. Yeah, my understanding is the uh, backtrack at least will go back to the watch 6. Mm-hmm. That's nice. That is nice. I mean, that that's as far back as we know currently. It may even go back to the 5, but... Probably whatever runs watchOS 9. Um, the main reason why I want this new watch is the battery life. I forget to charge my watch. Uh, I yeah. charge mine every day whether it needs it or not. <laughs> yeah, I I try to do that, and then I just forget, you know. See, see, I'm that way with AirPods. That's why when I heard that it, the new AirPods could charge with the watch charger, I said, oh, so when I take my watch off the charger to get into bed, because mm-hmm. I usually charge it just before, then I'll just slap that charger on the back of the AirPods, and then my yeah. AirPods will always be charged. Yeah. Because yeah. there is more often than not a lot of times that I go to use my AirPods, and the case is dead, 
because yes. there's really mm-hmm. no easy way to tell that. And my understanding is, is the sound will even play to let you know that it, that the case is charging. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. nice. I so, actually having a longer battery life on the, on the AirPod case in uh, the AirPod threes actually made things worse for me because now that I can go three or four or five days without charging the case, I'm much more likely to forget when yep. than when I was having to charge it every other day. Yeah. So do we know how I, good the um do, do we know how good the uh, uh GPS is on the earlier series of the watch, like the six, seven and eight or six and seven? They say it's an L1 GPS. They haven't. They just now added the L5. I think in the Ultra. I don't know if that's in the, uh, uh, in the eight or not. I don't but. know that it is. Yeah, I, I don't well, remember. Right, and certainly not in earlier versions. So right. while the trackback feature may be there, I'm wondering how how effective. That's it's a good be. point. It may be more accurate on the on the better GPS watches. I also wonder if they were going to put that in the phone, right? Because that feels like a really nice feature to have on my phone. Right. Is that track? Is that trackback feature? So this would be we'll so handy for when I get tomorrow. lost on the VA campus. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is Clue. If you guys have played with that, I have played with it. And never quite managed to make it work. Me what is either. That? So it uses AR and it will, you set a start point. And a tip that I heard is that if you can put your phone flat on something like a door frame or something, uh, and then you start the path. So you take the route that you want to go. An example is from the front desk to your hotel room. So you would start the path at the front desk. You'd walk to your hotel room. You'd end that path. And then uh, with the Clue app, you should be able to turn around and follow that path, including the turns that you made. In in order to get back to the place where you originally started. I want to play with this now. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's specifically for, for backtracking uh, in indoor environments, making paths in indoor exactly, yeah. environments. But I, I played okay. it a little bit and I wasn't able to get it to work. So it's taking cues from the camera rather than from GPS, which yes. I, think yes. might be a little, I think might be a little challenging for and some And I wonder if it's using footsteps still. and other... I think it is. Yeah. I think it is because sometimes it says take three steps, whatever, and do this. So. And I don't oh, know. Yeah. And I don't know if there's been any additional support added with the lidar devices, and if it uses the lidar as well. I want to play with this now, y'all. This is not good. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> derailed train. Derailed. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's interesting. So. Uh, you know, there is everything about the iPhones beyond just the watches and AirPods, but I may have to get me some AirPods because of the features. I really like if they bring that to AirPods 4, then yeah, but that may be another year from now. So I don't know. I may have to get some pros, even though I just don't like the ear tips. Um, I bought some. <laughs> and and no, I may get the foam tips as well. Now I'm curious what everyone thought of the Dynamic Island. I love it. Um, as a low vision perspective, but I do think it's going to add more to voiceover. But I think uh, the items in the Dynamic Island will be in the status bar for voiceover. For for people that may not have heard our special, the Dynamic Island is on the pro models of the phones, and it replaces the notch. And it's basically where all the cameras are, and it will have icons and other notification items, like if you're playing music or on a call, that expand if you double tap uh, and hold, or if you do different actions on those items. It's unclear to me how this is specific to the notch, right? I mean, this feels just like a different UI component that they've added to the OS. Mm-hmm. So it's I'm I'm gonna have to wait and, and see um, how the how the fact that it's replacing the notch makes it different or interesting, and how VoiceOver works with it. Yeah, because basically they took out the notch. There's no more notch. There's like a little pill-shaped hole in the top. It's not really a hole, but it's just a black space. And so that it, instead of it being an eyesore, they tried to make it into a UI, like a, a design portion of the phone. Like, this is supposed to be here. Instead of, oh, look at that thing. <laughs> but somehow it's not just an extension of the screen, which right. is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's some other kind of thing that I don't quite understand. That's not just extending the screen into that space. So we'll, we'll have to wait yeah. and see. 
Yeah. yeah, I I'm not really sure how it's going to work with voiceover, but it'll be interesting. It will. And someone else can go buy that pro phone because I don't have the money for it right now. I have Taylor not decided my- if I'm going to buy the the 14 or the 14 Pro. I I got to look at the specs again and make a decision there. Taylor and my phones will be here Friday. The the Pros have the A16 chips. The the 14 14 plus have the chips from last year one thing that i like though is that they went back to just the 14 and 14 plus like the 8 and 8 plus right i, I like that because we're not getting into it, the mini and mm-hmm. all those There's other no, not as many different variants and i like that um is there anybody bummed good. out that the mini is gone no no, no. i mean I think there are some people who really like that small form factor. I I don't miss it, but I was curious if anybody. And did. you can still buy the 13 mini, which has the same processor. So, you know, that's true. Yep. So, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Everybody wants bigger phones, and you know, if you want something small, there's the SE2 or <laughs> SE2020. This is true. That is true. Yeah, I will. I will most likely end up going with the Pro, but I'm not decided yet. So, and this year I went with the gold phone because the purple is almost just black. I mean, it has it's purple in certain color, in certain lighting, but it's not enough to say "ooh, shiny." Um, <laughs> so that's just my my view on that. But the I'm really excited about what we're getting with the the watches and the phones this year. I feel like they've this was a pretty nice year as far as features. I was blown away by the 48 megapixel camera. I'm just yeah. still like, whoa. And, you know, and this is, I, I watch a lot of videos on TikTok because I'm addicted. And so many people are like, well, you know, Samsung has a 108 megapixel camera in their phones. But I'm like, look, your phone has five cameras on the Samsung S22 Ultra. That thing looks like it's a multi-eyed alien just ready to blink. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, Guys, how many camera bumps are you going to put in that thing? Will will the back of a Samsung phone look like Swiss cheese because it's just going to be camera bumps at one point? <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, Samsung's been ahead as mm-hmm. far as the number of megapixels they put in their. Nope. Ca- they've been ahead in that area for a while. If they add one more camera, they can have a braille cell on the back of their phones. Oh please! Oh gosh! Because <laughs> it, seriously, it's it's three three uh, lenses on the left and mm-hmm. two going down on the right of that. So yeah. if they add one more, one we'll more. have a full braille cell. <laughs> right now we have a an ER contraction. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be an ER or a Q? Uh, three on the left. Oh, you're right. It's a Q. Okay, yeah. it could be either one. Depends on how they're lined up. Now it would be three on the left, two on the right. Yeah, two on the right. If it was two on the left and three on the right, it would be an Mm -hmm. ER. I mean, maybe it's a maybe if the flash is in that position, then it's kind of like a braille cell. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) I haven't looked at it that close. I'm I'm not going to buy a Samsung to find out. So no, (laughs) no, (laughs) not interested. So, but no, I keep seeing these videos, you know, like the iPhone is uh, terrible marketing. You know, they, they do all this stuff. I'm like, all the phone manufacturers do this. But the ones that really just boil my blood are The Verge and a few, and Linus Tech Tips on YouTube are putting out the, these clickbait articles saying that Apple want, is saying that you will die if you don't buy our, their new phones. What? Yeah. That's wow. literally what their articles are saying, because you know Apple has like their the the new satellite calling and all these you know crash detection. Yeah, and and, and because they did a lot of you know worst case scenarios in the event, you know that's why they're using this clickbait. Apple wants you wants you to think you will die if you don't buy their new phones, and it just really annoys me. I, I, I don't feel like that's Apple's marketing at all. I just want to know if if the crash detection is going to go off every time I run into a wall. (laughs) 
Well, it depends on how loud of a noise you make when you run into that wall. Probably <laughs> this has is something true. I mean, the fall detection goes off when I go bowling. So really, oh yeah, I've never actually had fall detection go off when I've fallen. I've had it go off several times when I was doing other things. Hmm. And the hmm. and the time I fell, it didn't it didn't activate it. So that's interesting. So we'll see what crash det- what I can do with crash detection. <laughs> Well, and that'll be on the phone and the watch. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you'll have double the chance of getting that to go off. <laughs> yep. So, that's kind of the big news. Uh, well, apparently, and I totally missed this. And, and Michael, if you've heard about this, um, please let us know. I've heard that Google announced their, their new Pixel 7. Was that announced? So my understanding is, yes, that the Pixel 7 had been announced. I don't know for sure because now I'm second-guessing myself. But remember, any announcements that are shared about the Pixel 6 or 7, even if they're not announced, aren't really big things because at Google I.O. they showed the 7. Oh, did they? Yeah. So they, 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 they wanted to get ahead of the leaks uh, before people were going out there saying this was going to be on the seven. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure if they have actually officially announced it yet. Okay. I couldn't, rem- it with Google, it's kind of weird. They just, here it is. Boom. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes it- they have events, other times, not so much. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, I haven't, I haven't heard anything about it, but Google has a tendency to just throw stuff out there and say, here it is. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> I mean, Samsung does their unpacked event several times a year, and it's like, okay, what, what unpacked event is this? Uh, oh, and then Samsung did publicly go out and say, you know, we have a foldable phone. Apple doesn't. Mm. I, I really, I mean, okay, I know a lot of people like the concept of a foldable phone. I just, if I want something that's eight inches, I'll bring an iPad mini. <laughs> I I have to say I was I was fairly impressed with it. Uh, one of my veterans had one and showed really? it to me. And so when you when it's folded, you know it's it's a phone. It looks just like a a large smartphone. But then when you unfold it, uh, it it be, just moves everything from that smartphone screen to the to the tablet. And I was really kind of impressed with how seamless it was and how well it folded and fit together. So it was mm. it was kind of cool. I still wouldn't for buy me, one. But it was kind of cool. Yeah, for me, it's not enough of a feature to get me to switch to, to Android. But no. if Apple came out with one, I would be kind of excited for it. Yeah. And we have Logic Pro X Gaming in our YouTube chat. And I do agree with him that the Dynamic Island is kind of a stupid name. <laughs> I, I feel like it's a place I might want to visit, but I don't know that I want to visit. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't want it in my pocket all the time. Anyways, the Pixel 7 <laughs> is has not officially been released. However, Google did send press an uh, invitation to an October 6th event. So uh, it, it's almost obvious that that's when they'll actually officially announce it. Mm, okay. Well, see, I, I think uh, I think several of you guys that are older may get this kind of a pun, uh, but instead of the dynamic island, they you know could have called it the static little pill. Wow! They could have called it the jacket little pill. <laughs> they they didn't have to, they wouldn't have to obscure it that much, right? <laughs> <laughs> And then, then the first thing I think of when I hear Dynamic Island is the plane, the plane. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fantasy Island flashbacks. It just <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm amused that Michael thinks that Dragon Little Pill was something you have to be old to remember. Right. Well <laughs> we we have well Taylor, like you know, nineteen born in nineteen ninety nine. That was after her time, so yeah, but still. Yeah, I know. Pick on the old people, Michael. Go, go pick on the youngin over there. <laughs> but you know, it's it's interesting. Like, and one of the things that a lot of tech reviewers are like, apparently everybody in the Steve Jobs Theater laughed when they heard the name. And once they showed what it does visually, it kind of makes sense. But I still think it's funny. I I just. I don't know. Again, it's one of those things you just have to kind of see it in action to really see if you like it or not, I think. Right. So, um, 
All right. Well, I guess that's, you know, if you want to learn more, you know, there's a lot of stuff online. You can. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're not going to keep <clears throat> uh, talking about it. I mean, we'll, we'll have an unboxing of several things. So just wait for that. Oh, actually, I lied. I totally lied. Um, there is one more thing I wanted to talk about. There is going to be a startup sound on the new uh, pro models of the phones. I like oh, how you right. did that one more thing, Michael. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, there'll, be, there'll be a new startup sound on the uh, the new phones, and I'm really intrigued by this. Apparently, you can hear it online. I don't. I haven't heard it yet, but yeah, it, uh, Steven Scott actually played it on Double Tap on Friday. If you want to hear it, I'm curious though. Is it a new startup sound on when the phones are ready up and Voiceover has told you the time, or is it a new no. startup sound when the Apple logo shows? I've heard it's when the, the Apple logo shows. Yeah, I mean the way they talked about this is only on the 14s, right? Which means it's mm -hmm. very deeper than the OS. So, yep. um, be interesting. So I can't wait for Michael for you to to get your phone and tell us about that. That'd yeah. Be interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do. It, it feels like they're kind of making everything, you know, if you have a Mac, you get the same experience as if you have an iPhone. So I'm wondering if they're going to do that on the iPads this year too. Now, is that only going to be on the, on the pro model of the 14 or is it going to be on the, on the pro models, yeah. So pro okay. model, yeah. In anything with the A16, I bet. So I don't think it'll be on the. It won't be on the 14 <coughs> because they they're still using that A15 chip. Right. You know, Apple has so many numbers: A16, iOS 16, WatchOS 9, macOS. Uh, Whatever. 13. 13. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then it's a lot iPhone. to keep up with. 14 and Apple Watch and Apple TV and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like, man, which one is it? <laughs> so, you know, I it must take a lot of effort to memorize all that stuff when you're doing those events, but and it's that's what teleprompters are for. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because some people want them to go back to the the studio audience kind of feeling. And some people want them to stick with this new format. What are y'all's thoughts on that? I think it's time to go back to the studio audience. Agreed. I don't really have a preference. So it's so interesting because as a blind person, I really like the audio description, which I think would not be there if they went back to a totally live presentation. I um, think it would, though. I, I don't think it would. I, I think the only reason we've gotten it lately is because they've been able to pre-record stuff. Um, I mean, we might get we might get some, but we won't get we won't get the, the amount that we were that we are getting. So they've, ac they've actually described some of their live events for for like did live live descriptions, um, but I could see how that is a pain to do. I kind of like all the these special effects they've worked into these yeah. events the last couple of years it's yeah. it's it makes it fun keeps it um keeps it moving and and pretty entertaining which i know you know a lot of people especially people in the tech world are get pretty excited about this stuff but you know for the general public what can be a somewhat dry topic uh when you especially when you start getting into specs and stuff uh, being able to keep that energy flowing through the whole show for for two hours is mm -hmm. um well and, and nobody's nice. nobody's there that has the charisma of steve jobs and well, know, no. somebody somebody said on on tiktok and i kind of agree steve, tim tim cook does not have the charisma that he even had five years ago he, he just he he doesn't mm -mm. it's just you know good morning here's what we got and they get into it and the other presenters, some of them had no charisma. Like they were just very deadpan. And I feel like we're we we don't have the same Steve Jobs charisma that he had when he would do these events. I feel like it's kind of a tradition to to do these events now. But um, Apple still is doing better than other companies on these things. I have to say. I I would like to see some new buzzwords. Come mm -hmm. into play. I've the the <laughs> the current load of buzzwords for these presentations is 
is getting a little old. Yeah. So, but, you know, it's an Apple event. What can you do? Yeah. We still watch it. We still love yeah. it. We still go product yeah. products. So <laughs> Apple Christmas, you know. Apple Apple is the sin. Yeah. Um so then we, you know, have all this cool stuff. So one thing I want to talk to to everybody that's listening about is uh we do have a WhatsApp group and it's called the iAccessibility Community. And it's a place for people to gather to talk about all this cool stuff that we you know, talk about on the podcast and to discuss these things, get questions answered and things like that. If you would like to be part of this WhatsApp group of uh, 75, 76 people strong, send an email to iAccessibility at iAccessibility.net and we can get you set up. So it's time for our big topic for today that everybody I'm sure is interested in. And that's the reason why we're here. Yeah, exactly. And there's been two products released uh, over the years. Uh, one has one version, one has several. We have the OrCam that, you know, has had several releases and products over the years. Um, we have the OrCam Read and the OrCam MyEye and, the, uh, and there's been others. Uh, in the my eye pro uh didn't the first orcam my eye leslie have a cable yes the first generation and the 1.5 uh had the cable they they didn't move to the the wireless version until uh the orcam 2.0 mhm so and then um we also have the, and, and then we have the OrCam Read, which is kind of a laser pointer based device. And that's kind of interesting because it's just different. You don't really see that much. Right. And that is um, mostly designed for people, more for people uh, with reading disabilities, learning disabilities, or brain injuries that make it difficult for them to process visually written material. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is, it's certainly doable to use it uh, as a blind person, but it can be a little trickier. Um, I find it difficult to target the um, the paper that I'm trying to read. Um, it has a laser pointer that can either point as a single point um, if you want it to read the whole thing, or it can frame a block of text. Um, which requires some vision to do that. Mm-hmm. And it does not give you any kind of auditory feedback as to which pointer you have it set on. So that's that's one of the things that, um, you know, I've talked to the OrCam people about as far as, you know, this is something I'd love to see fixed where it did give you, tell you mm-hmm. what pointer you were on. Um, but I have I've, um, met some blind people that, that certainly like the OrCam read, Primarily because the battery life is longer. Um, you get four hours of battery life on the OrCam read of usable time as opposed to the 90 minutes of um, continuous use you get with the My i 2 or the My Pro. And that's just because there's more room for a bigger battery. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's about the length of a pencil, um, about a half inch wide, about an inch tall. Um, it does have tactile buttons instead of that touch bar, so some people find that easier to use. Um, and I found it most easy to target what I'm what I'm trying to read if I hold it up um, next to the side of my face, just like where the the my i two or the my pro would be. Right. And, but and it, on- it's only been out since what um, twenty 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 is when they released that product. And so aren't they on it's the, not the gotten second, a big hold. Are they on the second iteration of that now? Like the, the like a, a new updated version that has the smart read features, I believe. Yes, um, all of the the OrCam devices, the My i two and uh, the My i Pro. When the My i Pro was released, and some of the My i two devices, uh, as long as they started with a serial number of O seven. Um, they were capable of getting the smart read update and the mm-hmm. um, the orientation mode update, and they did add that to the to the OrCam read as well. So those changes came uh, also in 2020. Uh, so any 
any device, uh, my i2 device that was issued or built after January of 2020 or from January of 2020 on uh, could pick up that um, smart read function as well as the orientation mode. And uh, the my i pro certainly took that to the next level and also included uh, last year, they included the ability to use the device almost completely hands-free with the Hey OrCam option. Yeah. So OrCam has, you know, several different models. And then we have the Envision glasses, which has one model. <laughs> the one thing about the, the Envision glasses is uh, they do have several different types. So it's basically Google Glass on uh, several different frames and there's two options on the website and i've heard that there's talk of a third but whenever i've looked at the website it that was not available on their website so it may be something special um and i believe orcam my eye is 4500 is that right leslie yes uh, well um actually not sure if it's 4500 or 55 they come with a set of glasses to mount the OrCam on, but mm -hmm. they um, they also come with mounts that can be added to just about to any anything, pair of yeah. glasses. Whereas I, I think the Envision glasses are a little more specific as to what you can mount those on. Um, I think they do come off of the frame that you have them on, but it only works with certain glasses. And those were $3,500, and then they... Uh, became $2,500, right, Taylor? $24. $24.99, actually. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. they just dropped that price, what, back in July or August? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we thought it would be a temporary thing, but it, it looks, at least for now, that that's what it's staying at. Um, and there's a discount if you're an Envision Lifetime member as well, if you purchase that. I have not heard about the the Envision Lifetime option. There is a, also a discount too. If you are a Ira customer, uh, they'll give you ten percent off too. Mm -hmm. So that's so, to buy the glasses. Is there a subscription for the Envision glasses as well? The only subscription that we know about is a, a to update the software every year. You would pay a hundred dollars. We haven't gotten a full, I haven't seen that on the website. Yeah, I haven't is, gotten that, a full confirmation about that. But that is so something we've been talking about. So there's a cost for the maintenance agreement, but I, I was wondering if there was a cost to use. So the, the thing that's interesting, I think, about the Envision glasses is that it's a much more internet-centric device, and so mm -hmm. it relies on services on the internet. And I was wondering if you had to pay to be able to access those on, an, on a subscription basis. You did have to pay, uh, so it used to cost, I I want to say, and don't quote me on this, it was like $7.99 a month for the app to use the app uh, if you were just using the Envision app before the glasses came out. And they have now made the Envision app free to use. Uh, so it may be that there there is only the maintenance update. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, the Envision glasses don't have their own internet connection. So you may have to pay your cell phone carrier if you use Hotspot to connect them or uh, use them only on Wi-Fi. Yep. So they don't, they won't use cellular data? You have Correct. to use a Hotspot? Okay. Yeah. Correct, yeah. Mm. But they are, one of the things that is really neat is they are working to add offline mode to all of the, or as many features as they can. Um, and I do believe they make it very easy to connect the glasses to your hotspot. Um, mm -hmm. And it doesn't use, I don't think they use very much data when they do no, what they do. No, not at um, all. And one of the neat things is they do have six hours of battery life. So they are a little more bulky than the my eye because they are, it takes up the whole right side of your, of your face. Right. Um, not the whole side of your face, but the whole... The whole side of the glasses. Right. So it goes yeah. from the back of your ear to where the camera is in front of your face. And there's a little uh, screen as well. Um, so it's a little more bulky, but I think uh, you also have a speaker. It uses Google text-to-speech because, it, again, it's Google Glass. It's, you know, proprietary, it's Google's proprietary sold glasses 
solution. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it, it has its own, both products have their merits. But one of the things that um, OrCam does not, one thing that OrCam has that the Google, Gla- uh, Google Glass, Envision Glasses can also do, but not as well, is you could point at things, well, Envision Glasses don't have the pointing. Um, you could point at things and OrCam takes a picture, whereas the Envision Glasses just lets you scan. But the one thing Envision Glasses has that OrCam doesn't have is an instant text reading function. So it will just read whatever you're looking at at um, and instantly. So if I move my head and it finds text, it'll just start reading it out loud. It doesn't have to start. To, it doesn't have to start by taking a picture. Right. And OrCam OrCam will do that. Um, not instantly. It, if you put it in stare mode, um, it will do that after you've looked at a you know block of text for three seconds. It will take a picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not instant, but you can do it hands free without having to to mm-hmm. point or touch the touch bar. That six hour battery life for Envision is that six hour while doing constant read? I imagine not. Do you know what the realistic mm-hmm. time frame is? I am not sure. Maybe three to four, because I remember when we were at the mall and we did some mm-hmm. stuff. It was about 3 to 4. When we have instant text on, it was draining it pretty quick. I bet it yeah. was. Right. This constantly scanning um, yeah. for mean, information. We had it at 50% and for whatever reason on Taylor's, I don't know if it's a defect or not, but at about 15% it just turns off. Hmm. So, I don't know we we really have not had the time to take it out at 100% and just really put it through its paces. Um, but I think that's something that we want to do. Um, but one of the things is uh, I, we were starting a scavenger hunt, and I told her, all right, I'm going to stand and f- I'm going to tell you where to go, and you have to find it. Two of the two stores that I told her to find, she found. Mm-hmm. The problem with one of them was is that there was a middle island like of stores in between it. So that got her turned around and so she couldn't figure out how to get around that so it made her lost. But she was able to find like the first one was Verizon and it was just a clear shot. And then I said, all right, now um, GameStop is downstairs. Try to find that. Mm-hmm. And so she was walking right towards it, found the center part of the mall, and that threw her off. And so, you know, she didn't recover, but, and the battery died. So that wasn't very you know, useful. <laughs> That's not helpful. Um, yeah. So uh, it was working until it didn't. <laughs> right. Which is, which is why I'm always a huge proponent of low tech solutions. <laughs> right. Right. Learn how to um, learn how to ask for directions yep. and find people. Those, those things are important, but the the challenge was is to see what the technology would let you do. Um, and one of the the actually one of the bad things about the Envision glasses that we found with the instant text is it was somewhat too good. Actually, it was. So we were sitting in the food court and she had them on, and. She was looking across the mall, and it, she's like, oh, uh, are we near JCPenney's? I said, yeah, it's about 50 feet away um, on the other side of that big uh, um, area in the mall. Like, the, you know how they, the, the two, when you're on the second floor, you have the, the, the area below where you can look down and all that. Oh, right. It was on the other side of the mall from that. Hmm. So it wasn't seeing stores that were nearby. It was seeing stores opposite of where we were. So it was way off in the distance. Right. And I suspect it probably picked it up because if I remember correctly, uh, the JCPenney name is pretty block mm-hmm. letter. Um, yeah. So it's an easy it's an easy font to pick out. And it's mm-hmm. it's also pretty high contrast, if I remember well, and, and she was able to see, well, Skechers is over that direction, and mm-hmm. um, th- this, you know, Verizon's over there, and she was reading other store names and putting in the direction where they were. So 
that instant text is a very like that's that's almost the whole reason to have the glasses in my opinion um is it pretty much only line of sight is it only looking in front of you um like if you're walking down the if you're walking through the mall will it tell you what stores you're passing or how 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 good is it at at that kind of ambient just what's uh, in front of you scan. which yeah. which is what i would want is you know to see what's in front of you because you know, if you're getting everything on the sides, then that would be a little distracting if you're like, well, is that on my left? Is that on my right? You know? Now, one thing that Envision has made clear, at least they did in the times that I talked with them, and I don't know how your experiences was, Michael and Taylor, but they make it clear that we are not the perfect solution. We are a solution that you can use to observe what's going on in your environment, but we're going to give you often clips of words when you're scanning things that should mm -hmm. give you enough that would, if if I'm looking a little bit to my right a little bit, and I see that I'm walking past JC Penny, well, I hear Penny, and I'm like, oh, was that JC Penny, I'll then probably pause and turn my body or turn further to the right to scan that uh, in order to help me. It, I like that mainly to keep my orientation so I can just turn my head and hear what's next to me mm -hmm. and keep my body facing the direction I was I heading. did that a lot, yeah. And I wonder how, I, I know Orcam's camera is set up to be much more wide angle than, than uh, much more landscape than portrait. And I wonder how uh, the envision is set up as far as their um, their framing of things. You know, I'm not sure. I I'm really not sure on that because I think the uh, because it's meant. Well, I'm not actually sure. The interesting thing is, uh, and and Leslie, I'm curious if if the OrCam has this. Uh, we didn't have this feature when we originally unboxed the envision glasses. But once we updated the software from 1.4 to 1.8, <laughs> yeah, um, which was about an hour update or so, that was crazy. Yeah, it gave us the the ability to uh, detect pages, like documents and things. Um, and when we first did it, it said, "Okay, take the picture whenever you hear it." It, it would make these clicks or beeps, and mm -hmm. the faster it would do that would be the more words on the page that it's detected. But I once see. we once we did the update, it actually would say, move your head up and to the right, move your head down to the left. Uh, and then once you had your head lined up, it would automatically take the picture of the of the page. Uh, and it said, do not hold the corner. So it it sounds like it's using corner detection, like contrast it to is. detect that. Yeah. Does Orcam and have that? Um, OrCam has a similar feature, uh, probably not quite as complex as that, where um, if you take a picture of text, um, it will try to give you some indication. So it, will, it may say um, the text seems upside down or move your head or move your document a little to the right or a little to the left. But it has to take that picture first to determine that. Um, it will also tell you if there's not enough light. Um, but you you have to take that picture first and then it's not going to be able to tell you when you have it lined up correctly uh, so one of the things that we teach when we teach the orcam um, very first thing we start off teaching people how to line the the paper up um, with your orcam and i start by having them you know put the top of the page kind of at their hairline or or right where if they were wearing a baseball cap where the bill would be and then just bringing it straight back um, we have, you know, sheets that we can use. Um, I have a practice page that has, um, you know, top line, one, two, three, four, five, middle line, one, two, three, four, five, bottom line. And I can teach people how to develop the muscle memory they need to properly line up documents that way. Um, and that WorkCam does give you hints as to, um, you know, whether the page needs to be a little like it's, it will say they're, there may be some lines of unreadable text or, um, you know, the left side of the page um, is cut off or, you know, it gives you some of that information, but you still have to then realign it and then take the picture and try again. It doesn't give you any kind of automatic picture taking uh, when you're lined up. It will automatically take a picture if you look at something for more than three seconds, but 
it's not going to know until after it takes that picture whether or not you're lined up correctly or not. So we spend a little more time on the front end of teaching it to to develop that muscle memory of exactly where yeah. to hold that doc document. And one one thing I did notice about OrCam is they do, they do have the spoken, you know, where you could tell it, what was it, hey, OrCam? Hey, OrCam, right? yes, they, they do have, um, it is almost completely controllable by voice now, especially if you put it in smart read mode. Um, I can hold up a document and say, hey, OrCam, start, uh, start smart read. Mm -hmm. um, and it will start smart read. And if it takes the picture and I need it to do it again, I can just say restart. And from that point on, I don't even have to say, hey, OrCam anymore. Mm -hmm. It's it's in that mode until I say exit. And I'm, I am I catch myself right now being very self-conscious, even though I don't have an OrCam here with me. I'm like, is it about <laughs> to do something because I'm saying it out loud? Um, so, you know, we can make it virtually hands-free. Not quite. Mm -hmm. There's still going to be some times where you have to um, to touch the touch bar, but we can make it almost virtually hands-free now. Um, and and that's one of the areas where I think OrCam excels over the Envision is is that there is a voice activation mode on the Envision, but I, it's yes. not a it's not a um, hands free mode. You have to no. go and press the button for voice access. Right, um, and OrCam was like that until mm -hmm. just last year. You did have to double tap the touch bar to activate the voice command prompt, um, and now you can set that to what they call full voice command, which is mm -hmm. just the ability to say, hey, OrCam. One thing I did not like about Envision versus the OrCam is that when you are looking at something with the OrCam and you take a picture, it's going to it's gonna determine what it is that's in front of you, whether it's a person, a dollar, a dollar bill, mm -hmm. uh, a block of text, it's going to determine that on its own. But my understanding with Envision was that you had to physically put it in each mode that you wanted. That is correct. That is yes, correct. That is okay, correct. so that's still correct. Yeah, and that's okay. the only thing, too. It's sometimes annoying because, like, if I'm at the mall and I want to be able to find a store, but then let's say that I'm trying to find Michael at the same time, mm -hmm. I can't do that because I right. taught OrCam, or I did it again. I taught Envision how to recognize Michael's face mm -hmm. with a face detection. But I would have to put it into face detection mode and only face detection mode right. and I couldn't be able to read the store signs. Right. So you'd have to just about know, you'd have to know, okay, I'm going to put it in reading mode to find the store that I know he's in. And then once I get in that store, then I can switch it and look for him specifically. Exactly. Yeah. Switch it. Whereas with the OrCam, it's going to be reading. You might have to take a picture or you might have to put it in stare mode where it takes a picture every three seconds when you look at text, but you're going to be able to read text. And then when it sees Michael, if you have facial recognition set to automatic, it's just going to automatically tell you he's there. Yeah. Uh, without having to switch modes. And that's, that's one area I really like over the OrCam uh, as far as simplifying its use, making it a little more user-friendly. And I think that's one of the areas where Envision admits that they are not the 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 area for that one of the things that i think that they do great at is you know if you scan online um and probably eventually even if they have at an offline mode for this they have the ability to add formatting to their text that they do scans with and they have a batch mode so you could scan like you could look at a book take a right. picture of a page and then go to the next page and take a picture and go, and then you could export it to your phone and then you have that book on your phone, on your phone, or you can email it and stuff is set up in headings and paragraphs and all kinds Which of ways. Which is very helpful. Right. That is nice. I mean, you can, you can do batch reading with OrCam as well, uh, mm -hmm. especially if you have it in smart read. Every time you turn the page, you say restart and it will rescan, it'll scan the next page. But it does not save uh, any text to the device itself. Uh, the only thing that the OrCam saves is if you uh, do facial learning, um, it will store person profiles in there as far as what their face looks like uh, for recognition purposes. And it will store products and barcodes, um, but it cannot store text. Mm -hmm. So it's it's pretty exciting you know, that we have the choice, right? Um, so, Jim, I'm curious, after hearing everything you've heard, 
What are your What are your thoughts? What are your opinions? As I don't, I, I'm, I don't know if you've used either of these devices. So, what are your thoughts and opinions after hearing all the things that we've talked about? I've used the OrCam, and I wouldn't buy it. I, I uh, Leslie actually loaned me hers for like uh, two weeks or something, and I, I hardly ever took it out of my backpack. Right? It was never where I needed it when I needed it, um, and I always just found, uh, you know, more quicker solutions to figuring out whatever I needed to figure out. Uh, I am really curious to try the Envision glasses. I want to see how good they are at picking out landmarks. Like if I can use them to find exit signs and uh, and uh, signs telling me where, where specific trains are living from, I would love to be able to use it. Uh, the thing is where I really would like to be able to use it is in like tube stations and there's no internet access there. So it would be a bit, uh, it, 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 it's gonna be a bit challenging to kind of figure out if it has use cases for me. I'm also really curious to see how well it works with Ira because the idea of having a pair of glasses to wear with Ira is attractive to me, but Ira is coming out with other glasses solutions that may wind up working better. So at the moment, I'm not ready to buy either one, but I am interested mm-hmm. in taking a look at the Envision glasses and seeing, um, you know, if, uh, and seeing how far they've come. Well, and, and one thing I, that we have not mentioned is that their instant text feature does have an offline mode. It does. Mm. Well, that's good. That's good to know. That is, um, that is, that's very good to know. Mm-hmm. Okay. The OrCam, yeah. we did test uh, not in a tube station. We, we test played around with it a lot when we were in D.C. last year uh, in the train stations and walking down the street. But I did have to, you know, as I was walking and, and I used my cane in my left hand, um, as I was walking, I just had to, like, randomly reach up and tap the, mm-hmm. um, the touch bar. Now, had I, you know, had it in smart read mode or had, uh, yeah, had I had it in smart read mode, I probably could have just said restart and had it take a picture. But I still have to wait for it to take that picture every time uh, to capture text. And we were able to find out more information in the train station. Like we, we found signs that were on the, you know, large, written large on the back side of the tracks on the wall that we didn't realize were there. Um, so it was handy for that. It was handy for walking down the street and and getting a little confused by the GPS, and then just me having to random take randomly take pictures and find out. Oh, here's this is this store. This is that store. Um, and then when we got across the street from the restaurant we were looking for, and we weren't real clear exactly where it was, I I took a picture and and found the name of the restaurant, and it was. But it did require some work on my part to do that. Yeah. So I'll I'll give my two cents here. And then Michael B, I'm curious about your thoughts. But I when I worked at in the state uh, state government, I was such a big fan of OrCam because it just I could get it to read pretty much anything, uh, you know, on paperwork or anything like that. Uh, But one of the biggest things I would see is a lot of people would have trouble lining it up or aiming uh, the the my eye. And so that was just kind of my biggest uh, thing with it. It could read good text. And sometimes I felt like the voice could be a little difficult to hear um, mm-hmm. just because of the cadence of the voice, especially outside. Um, but I I all honestly felt like it was a good product and you couldn't convince me otherwise. And then uh, we were, we had... Um, Crystal Vision, our local AT uh, distributor, come out because Taylor wanted to look at the OrCam. And he said, well, have you looked at the Envision? And we said, kind of, but not really. And he gave us a demo, uh, and I was just completely blown away by what they were able to do uh, as far as just not having to really put a lot of effort into aiming. Because one of the most frustrating things about OrCam, what it would always be for me, you take a picture, no text found. I know there's text right here. <laughs> yeah, that is a problem sometimes. And I've, I've not quite figured out why that that's a problem, but I have mm-hmm. seen that. So it, it was just a, you know, in, it, the instant text in offline mode may not always be the best, but it would at least give you something, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I do believe we, the, we tried the explore mode on the Envision glasses and chair, couch, person. Right. It's atrocious. It's not great. 
it's just it needs work. Uh, but one of the things that I like is that they admit that and they are willing to um, to work with users and get feedback and things like that. Michael Babcock, what are your what are your final thoughts? Because we're going to have to wrap this thing up soon. Yeah, I'll make my final thoughts fairly short so we can hit that hour mark. And my final thoughts are I want to try these out i know someone who is probably going to be purchasing them so and he's local to me so him and i are already in communication i'm going to play with his and see what i think because i have had mixed experiences with the envision app it's done its job it's worked well and i know that's not a fair assumption to to compare it to because if you're wearing a pair of glasses maybe the image you're taking is going to be more steady and sometimes my hands are a little shaky so It'll be interesting to play with it. I'm not going to go buy anything. I had no interest in the OrCam, and honestly, I had no interest in the Envision uh, glasses at the price point that they were. But when they dropped down to $2,500, I, I realized, it's like, you know, that's that's a decent MacBook that's sitting in my wife's backpack that's not being <laughs> used that I could be actually getting something out of. So we'll see what my experiences are, and I will definitely keep people aware. If you want to hear, don't forget about the WhatsApp group, because I'm sure I'll share there. Yeah, and I was the one that blew it up earlier uh, this week, so. Yep. <laughs> Taylor, do you have any final thoughts you want to talk about as far as the uh, the – the glasses that in, in your experience we we got a few more minutes left so yeah i really really like the glasses i understand that you need work which is obviously true based on the you know flaws that we found however it's still a really really great tool i had a lot of mail i had to read and thanks to the envision glasses i realized that the state enrolled me in the wrong program i'm not going to get into details but I realized that they enrolled me in the wrong health insurance. So if it wasn't for the Envision glasses, I would not have had any idea that I was enrolled in a whole different health plan that I didn't even ask for. So thanks to those. I mean, they're just really awesome because I get the whole page. I can understand what's going on. And, you know, I get a lot of mail. So that's just kind of one example. And there's other there's other methods for getting that information. But right. It's quick. It, yeah, it's, it's quick and efficient. You know, it's neat because you could just look down, snap a picture. Okay, move on. Right. Um, and, and same with OrCam. You could do very similar stuff with both of these, you know. Things. And that's primarily what I, probably primarily what I use my OrCam for the most is, is just mm. reading mail. Because it's, I could certainly do it with, with apps like Seeing AI or the Envision app. But it's so much easier to have something on my face pointed at mm -hmm. the document. And I just hold it up and either, um, you know, wait for it to take a picture or or point uh, in the case of the OrCam, um, which is which is a nice feature if you really need to focus uh, the the camera in on something and say you know here's let's say we're in a store and here's all these uh, product labels with prices and I really just want you to focus on the one right in front of me um, I can point at that and and draw OrCam's attention to it. So. Um I guess, uh, yeah. So let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. And uh, Leslie, do you want to give any contact information where people can find you online? You can find me, um, you can email me at leslie at iaccessibility.net. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at lady underscore lessa, which is L-A-D-Y underscore L-E-S-S-A. All right. Taylor, what about you? Do you have any contact information you'd like to share? Yeah, so you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can find me producing content for my new business, which I can get into or it doesn't matter. But maybe next time. Yeah, maybe next time. So, yeah, you can find me, you know, on YouTube. Basically, if you search my name, you should be able to find me. All right. Uh, Jim. Uh, would you like to share any contact information? You can reach me at uh, at uh, barber b a r b o u r at barcor b a r c o r e dot com, and um, I look forward to hearing from folks. And Michael Babcock, what about you? Would you like to share some some contact info? 
Certainly, you can find me producing some content for iAccessibility, other content for Accessible Media Incorporated, and for my own company. You can find me on Twitter at Payone, P-A-Y-O-W-N, and possibly in your favorite podcast app on another podcast as well. <laughs> All right. And you can find me, Michael Doeys, producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Mike Doeys, that's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E, at iAccessibility.net. I'm Mike Doeys on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook as Michael Doeys. Just search for me there. And, man, it sounds like I've done this before. <laughs> Just a few times. Just a few times. Uh, and, you know, you can find iAccessibility at iAccessibility1 on Twitter, and you can hear more about that in the closing of the show. Thank you all for being here. This has been a great episode. I, th- I think this has been one of our better episodes, actually. We talked about a lot of stuff. Um, and we'll be back with more of these, so stay tuned, and thank you all for, for listening, everybody on YouTube, and uh, we will see you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. This show has been brought to you by the IACast Network. We love hearing from you. Email us at feedback at iAccessibility.net. Got Twitter? Follow us at iAccessibility1. Facebook? Search for iAccessibility. Download our free apps for iOS and Android and keep up with all of our content at iAccessibility.net. If you'd like to donate to our show, hit the PayPal button on our website and get early access to our outtakes with a donation at patreon.com slash iacast. Thanks for listening.